Visit licentureexams.com and try our samples completely free of charge. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast at Licensure Exams. I'm Dr. Linton Hutchinson, and this is the incredible Stacy Frost. <laughs> hey there, everybody, and hello, Linton. As part of our Theory to Therapy series, today we'll be talking about the trans-theoretical model of change, which is used to understand behavior change. Now, no single theory can account for all of the complexities of behavior change, but this model gives us a pretty good place to start. So therapy is all about change. And as a therapist, you're going to be working with clients who are in different stages of change. For example, you might see an involuntary client who's mandated to therapy by an external source, like maybe a court order. And they're not the least bit interested in making changes to the way they're currently doing things because they don't have a problem. Right. Or perhaps you're working with a client who's contemplating what life would be like if they jumped ship and explore what life is like on other islands, but they aren't ready to fully commit to that decision yet. Yeah. I have a friend that's thinking of like going and living on a, on a ship for like a year. Oh, well, that's cool. I mean, Apparently big can, change. Yeah. 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 Well, as you know, being therapists, you can't force anybody to change. So your role as a therapist is to provide support, raise awareness, and help motivate your client towards that change and understanding where your client is in the change process. And this will help you provide more effective treatment. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So the stages of change model looks at a client's readiness and intention to change. And there are two really important concepts that affect their motivation and readiness to change. The first is something called self-efficacy. And this is the client's belief in their ability to change. And? Decisional balance, which is the client's evaluation of the pros and cons of changing a behavior. Yeah. Well, let's say that I'm hungry and I'm trying to decide if I should uh, spend that extra money on sushi at Publix, even though it's <laughs> not Sushi Bogo Wednesday. Wouldn't that indicate I'm focusing on decision-making? Since I'm really motivated because really right now I'm starved to death. <laughs> well, you're headed in the, the right direction there, Linton, but don't scarf down that wasabi just yet. <sighs> Let's go through the six stages of the model. All right. Number one, pre-contemplation. Two, contemplation. Three, preparation. Four, action. Five, maintenance, and six, termination. Well, I just happen to have a way that you can remember that. And it's the phrase PCP in the morning today. So, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Pre-contemplation, P. Contemplation, C. Preparation, P. Action, A. Maintenance, M. Termination, today. You've heard of PCP, haven't you, Stacy? Ah, you mean angel dust, wet, sherm, love boat, supergrass, ozone, hog? <laughs> you sure you weren't around in the 60s? Well, that was before my time, but your mnemonic is pretty memorable there, Linton. You know, back in the 60s, PCP was marketed as a surgical anesthetic for humans. It was discontinued for obvious reasons and restricted to veterinarian use. 
Uh-huh. So, you know, Linton, you once told me that the stranger and more graphic that the memory device is, the better that it'll stick. And PCP in the AM today sure fits that bill. I think you have a memory device for everything, Linton. Well, just about, you know, when you get to be my age, Stacy, you've got to <laughs> keep something working. <laughs> well, I'll take your word on that one, Linton. Now, while your objective as a therapist is to help guide the client through the stages of change, you've got an ultimate goal of maintaining their new behaviors and movement through these stages can occur in a non-linear fashion. Right, right. People may move back and forth between stages as they attempt to change their behavior. For example, someone in the action stage who has started exercising regularly may hit roadblocks like an injury or a busy schedule that causes them to miss workouts. This can cause them to relapse into contemplation or preparation as they reconsider their commitment to exercise. Similarly, a client in maintenance mode who has sustained behavioral change for years can unexpectedly spiral back into earlier stages if they experience a major life stressor, job loss, or divorce, for instance, that can temporarily derail their progress and tempt people to return to their old habits. It's really common for clients to go through cycles of progress and setbacks multiple times before any change sticks. Mm, Gotcha. Well, that is a great overview so far, Linton. So let's dig into each stage in more detail. And we'll start with the pre-contemplation stage. And this is when the person has no intention to change in the near future, typically within the next six months. They may not think there's a problem to address. They may have limited insight into how their behavior is linked to the negative consequences in their lives. Or perhaps they've tried to change unsuccessfully in the past and they've really just become, you know, discouraged about being able to make changes. Uh uh So someone in the pre-contemplation stage is typically unmotivated, in denial, and unwilling to make any changes. When talking with a client in this stage, there tends to be this focus on all of the downsides to making changes without really any regard to potential positives. That never happens to me. (laughs) No, never. Never happens to me either. Um, There's often resistance and defensiveness when you bring up the possibility of change. Uh, If you entertain the idea of change with them, you're likely to get something, you know, an I can't response, like I can't stop smoking because. Yeah. Or I can't stop eating that second donut from Mm. Dunkin's. Or I can't not get that Bulgo sushi. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) From Publix. Exactly. (laughs) Next is the (laughs) contemplation stage where the client is more aware of their personal consequences of their behaviors and is seriously considering making some changes, usually within the next six months. They're more aware of the pros, but are still actually aware of the cons. This flip-flopping leads to ambivalence that can cause them to languish in this stage for long periods of time. A client in this stage may say something like, I know I should start exercising for my health, but I can't seem to make the time or push myself to do it. I remember when you were contemplating if you should stay in hot and sunny Florida, Stacy, where counselors would kill to do therapy rather than move to the frozen tundra of Michigan. <laughs> well, true there, Linton, but don't get carried away. I'm actually looking forward to an average of 
110 sunny days per year rather than being stuck in that sauna down there all year round with no escape. I don't know how you do it. All right. So after you've contemplated wherever you might like to live and you've made a decision, it's time to cue the fireworks because this next stage is cause for celebration. In the preparation stage, the client has made a commitment. You're familiar with Star Trek, right, Linton? Star Trek? Yeah. Do you mean Star Wars? Hmm. No, I've never heard of it there. <laughs> Just kidding. I grew up in the 60s, didn't I? <laughs> hey, I'm no stranger to sarcasm. Well, I remember your Star Trek-themed Christmas party a few years back when you dressed up as Q, and CJ and I had a lot of fun with that one. Well, I think that the immortal words of Spock summarize the contemplation stage the best. I believe we can attempt the course correction, Captain. During the contemplation stage, the client is ready to alter their current course and make some changes to their behavior. After logically weighing the pros and cons of making changes, the scale has tipped toward the pros side, and the client has the intention of taking action within the next 30 days or so. And moving right along at warp speed... Next is the action stage, which involves the client actively modifying their behavior. They use specific techniques to rewrite habits and environmental cues to support their change. You can see how preparation leads directly to actions, right, Stacy? Makes sense to me. So next up is the maintenance stage. And here the client works to prevent relapse and consolidate their gains. The new behavior becomes habitual and they use fewer change processes. But relapse is still possible, sending them backward to earlier stages. Mm -hmm. And finally, the termination stage where the client has zero temptation to return to their old behaviors and 100% self-efficacy. They feel completely confident that they can continue their new patterns or behaviors moving forward without any difficulties. At this stage, they may feel they don't need you any longer or therapy to maintain their changes. Exactly. So there you have it, six stages of the trans-theoretical model. Pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance, and termination. Okay, Stacy, I seem to understand the different stages, and I can remember them using the mnemonic, mm -hmm. but using the model with the client seems clear as mud to me right now. Hmm, guess someone didn't take their PCP this morning today <laughs> there, Linton. Well, here is an example that will make the stages crystal clear when working with a client. So you've got a client, let's say they're a smoker. Mm -hmm. In the preparation stage, they might be smoking one pack of cigarettes per day with no desire to quit smoking. So their thoughts might include... You know, smoking relaxes me, the risks of smoking are exaggerated, basically rationalizing, right? That smoking's okay. Right. So if the client were in the contemplation stage, they might be smoking one pack a day still, mm -hmm. and they're thinking about quitting though. So when talking with them, you might hear comments like, smoking's probably bad for my health, or I should quit to set a good example for my kids, or maybe, but it's going to be really difficult to stop. God, I remember seeing this mother that was smoking with a baby in her arms. Mm -hmm. She whipped her head around fast and the cigarette just went right into the kid's arm. And Ooh. I know. Boy, yeah, that might make you want to make some changes then at that really, point. Really, that would be a motivator. <laughs> exactly. So in the preparation stage, remember, this is the commitment stage, preparation. Right. 
Our hypothetical client here has made a commitment to cut back on smoking to about a half a pack per day, and they're setting an eventual quit date. Thoughts include, I'm ready to do this, I'm going to stop smoking for good, or I'm going to need to remove the ashtrays from my house, or what medication might be able to help me. All right. And then in the Uh action stage, the client has quit smoking completely using nicotine gum. They're thinking, ah, I'm so glad I stopped. Food tastes better all of a sudden but I still get cravings when I'm stressed. Well, well, let me ask you this, Stacey. I had a friend that was a smoker and he Mm -hmm. used to go to the store to get those nicotine gums so Mm -hmm. he could increase the amount of nicotine he was getting. Oh, okay. Well, that seems a bit contrary to uh, (laughs) the uh, purpose of nicotine gum, huh? So what stage would he be in? Oh gosh, I'm almost thinking he's in the very beginning thinking he doesn't have a problem. Exactly. Yeah, he's pre-contemplation all the way, baby. Mm-hmm. All right, so if the client sticks to the linear course, after action, they'd be moving into the maintenance stage next. And this is where they've been nicotine-free for, let's say, six months. Okay. Thoughts could be, not smoking is my new normal now, or I barely think about smoking anymore, but I better not get too confident. And finally, we've got the termination stage. If our client quit smoking two years ago, and they have no temptation to smoke, they're likely in this stage. Thoughts are, I'm now a non-smoker for life. Or, ugh, just the smell of cigarettes makes me nauseous. Quitting was the best decision I ever made. So how's that for you, Linton? Have I cleared up the muddy waters? Yes, it sure does. It's like the springs at Wikiwatch here, down here in hot and sunny Florida. <laughs> now, a few takeaways before we wrap it up today. The trans-theoretical model views behavioral change as an evolving process rather than a single event. Progress through the stages is impacted by the client's level of readiness and confidence to enact and sustain the new behavior. Self-efficacy, or the person's belief in their ability to change, varies across the stages and influences that the change progresses. Movement through the stages is often non-linear. Clients may progress and then regress. Relapse involves reverting back to the old behavior and is seen as a natural process of the change process. Old behaviors meet a need, and when the client drops the old behavior, the need is still there. Substituting a new behavior for the old one rather than just ditching the old behavior can be an effective way to avoid relapse. Decisional balance refers to weighing the pros and cons of changing a behavior. For example, a pro versus con list for starting an exercise regime regime may include pros like will improve my health and will feel more energetic. Balance against cons, such as we'll have to give up some leisure time now or we'll be tired at first. If you see any of these terms on an exam, you might want to consider that you're being asked about the trans-theoretical model. All right. Great. Thanks, Linton. Well, we've covered a lot of ground explaining the trans-theoretical model as just one theory about behavior change. So good luck to all of you therapists out there as you continue to prepare for your exam. And until next time, remember, it's it's in in there.